have a word, but I just feel I'm not going to share this word because the Holy Spirit is speaking. So I am going to speak my heart this morning. And uh, let's see what he does. You can take your seat. <laughs> Thank you, worship team. Thank you so much. I spend, um, you, know, we, you know, as ministers, we know when we are about to share the word. And we tend to prepare the word in advance. For some reason, the Lord doesn't do that with me. And it is a struggle during the week. He will give me just one word. And I will wait on him for weeks. And come Saturday evening, where you know you're about to come and stand here in front of everyone. And everybody's looking in those eyes, what he's going to say. You kind of think, what am I going to say? And I'm getting ready to prepare my word in the evening. And uh, 10, 30, 11, he tells me, just go to sleep. And I say, Lord, I've got nothing. He said, wake up at 4.30 in the morning, and I will give you a word. The word that he gave me this week was very simple. It's called our purpose. Very simple, our purpose. And uh, December is always a time of reflection, you know, before we're entering into 2022. And it's also a time of celebration. You know, we have Christmas around the corner the Christmas present and the food. And as we're waiting here, I could smell the food uh, in the kitchen. Very, you know, very tasty. So I was going to say, did you, you know, what are we going to eat today? But it's really a time for us to spend time together and preparation. However, over the last two years, it has been a very, very challenging years for many of us. We've been challenged by bereavement. We've been challenged by health problem. We've been challenged by finances, even friendship. We have been challenged. As I speak now, the government at the moment is preparing to decide whether they're going to put us in lockdown before Christmas or not. And I know everybody's been expecting to spend Christmas with their loved ones. There's a lot of uncertainty in our world at the moment. And many people have made plans about how they're going to spend Christmas with their loved ones. Some have been trying to go abroad, you know, some been abroad and came back on time. You know, one of my dear friends uh, was rushing to get back to England. Some people are rushing at the to get back to France because obviously they're closing down everything. So it's a very interesting season that we are living in, but it's been two years now. It's been two years that we've been in this situation. And um, I was asking the Lord this morning, what is going on? You know, what is the question? What's happening? You know, we can have all this words and this aspiration and this revelation, you know, about what's taking place or whether it is right or it is wrong, but that's not really what matters. What matters is what God is saying to us in this season. We spent two years looking at the situation and the circumstances. And when it started two years ago, we, uh, my wife and I just been running this show Revelation Island that we've been running it for four years. 
And uh, in the show, we talked a lot about end times and, and how to prepare for the return of Jesus. But also, we looked a lot at the current affairs that was taking place. And I remember two years ago when the, the whole thing start, starting, I think most of us didn't take this very seriously. And I remember here being on the stage with Nikki when they were telling us that we can't shake our hand anymore. So we were checking our elbows. Some of us were checking a bomb and everything. So we were, kind of make, we were having a laugh two years ago. But none of us knew what was going to happen in those days. It was early days. Two years. And I asked the Lord, how many more years of this? Honestly. How long are we going to go through, you know, this COVID-19? We don't call it COVID-19 anymore. What's the word that we use now? Omicron. That's the word, is it? Every year we're going to change the word. So we started with COVID-18, go to COVID-19. Then we went to the Alpha, Beta, Zeta, whatever. Now it's the Omicron. Every year there's something different taking place in this world. But as believers... We need to begin to ask this question, Lord, what's happening? What, you know, and, and, and I think we, we kind of waited to see how things were going to unravel, you know, for years. Okay, maybe after a year, everything's going to change a little bit, but it doesn't change. We are still people dying of this virus. There are still people having health issues in relation to this virus. We are still people losing their jobs because of this virus. If you work in the hospitality uh, industry, it's a very difficult time. You know, there's a pub that's been reported that they had about 650 cancellation ready for Christmas to make a lot of money, 650 cancellation in the space of two weeks. It's got to close down, and he doesn't know whether it's going to open. Now, Last year, two years, they have the, the, the loan bonds back and all this help. But this year, I don't believe the government is going to do anything to help those people. So the situation here is very difficult. But the question that we need to ask is, as believers, what is our position? What are we doing? Why are we here? You know, I always remember this uh, word from Mordecai in the book of Esther. You were born for such a time as this. Regardless of the situation we're in, I truly believe that we are born for such a time as this. But we need to understand and begin to look into our purpose. What is our purpose? When we look at the early church, they were living under tremendous pressure. They were going through non-stop persecutions. But one thing that they never took off is they high from Jesus. Never. Never you see them taking the eyes of Jesus. Never. They were ready to die for Christ. They were ready to lose their possession for Christ. They were ready to lose their job for Christ. But they never lost sight of Jesus. The book of Philippians chapter 3 from verse 12 to 15, if we can put it on the screen, says this. Philippians 3, 12 to 15. Not that I have already attained or am I already perfected, 
but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are beyond and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And he goes on to say in verse 15, Therefore, let us as many as are mature have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Hmm. This is a powerful statement of Paul. And if we look also into the other version, especially the NLT version, he said, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. And he said, no, dear brother and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus, I love this word, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. Even if you don't believe it, God will make sure that you understand what he's saying. The price is Jesus Christ. And it's more important now as we're going through this, this season of, of, uh, of pressure. We've got to hold this, you know, the price Jesus. I love Pastor Nicholas' message of our identity on Christ. It's so important that we understand who we are in Christ. Being born in, in France and raised there from uh, Avoyan parents, I used to be confused a lot about my identity. You know, when I moved to England, it was even more confusing for me. On one hand, I'm French. You know, I've got the culture, I've got the language. My wife even said, I've got the attitude, you know. So yesterday, was it a yesterday? She said, I'm like, I was, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit, at time, forgive me, Lord, I can be a little bit vain at time. I lost a lot of weight, and we've got like a big mirror in the house, and I just walk and say, babe, I look good, isn't it? And she's laughing at me, and she said, you're typically French. And yes, I am. I've got this attitude and this culture that in me. On the other side, forgive me a lot. <laughs> On the other side, my parents from Ivory Coast, they were born in Ivory Coast, and my dad moved to France as part of his work. He was a diplomat, so he moved to France, and then we were all born in, in France. And so I inherited the Avoyan food. I do like some of the Avoyan food. Uh, I'm not going to lie. But uh, that is confusing for me. The fact that I've got this French in me, I've got skin which is black, which means that in France, back in the days, in my times, in the 80s, not so much now, as far as they see me, I'm black, I'm African. 
Then I go to Ivory Coast. I only been to Ivory Coast five times. I go to Ivory Coast, and I can't assimilate to the culture because people look at me, and they say, you're French. And that is very confusing. And I think for many of us in this country, being born here as British and have the identity of parents being born in a different country, you can have this kind of confusion about you. One thing that I find it very weird is we go to party and suddenly we meet an Avoyan guy and uh, he said, oh, where are you from? I said, well, my parents are from Ivory Coast. And he started, oh, yeah, do you know so and so and so? They always do that. And I think it is 25 million Avoyan. How do you think I can know one person? It's so and so. And you always get those people saying things like that. You're thinking, no, I don't. And then when I say, sorry, I wasn't born in Ivory Coast, then the conversation ended in 20, 20 seconds is gone. But that is what it is. That is what it is. Our identity here in this earth is very confusing. But our identity in Christ, there's no confusion there. You're either with Christ or without Christ. In, re in respective of your color of skin, in respective of whether you're a woman and a man, in respect of where you're from, your identity of Christ is set. And that is the difference. It says here, our physical birth determines where we are from, but it's our spiritual birth is set in Christ. So why are we here? Why are we here this morning? Why are we here right now? We're here to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. That's what we're here for. We're here to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. That's how we were created. We're created to give glory to God. And we're created to enjoy with Him. God is, uh, is amazing. When you look at the start of the book of Genesis... He talked about whether there was nothing in the beginning. But God was already there. They said the spirit of the Lord was hovering, but there was nothing. And he said one word, let it be light. Let it be light. A light came. And then through there, he created everything around the universe, the stars, where you see today, the earth. But why did he do that for? For us. For us. Once he created the earth and everything, then he created man. He didn't create man first and then created the light and the earth. He created the environment and then he created man so man can be in that environment. And then he had fellowship with him. Until Eve decided that the apple was too sweet and she ate it. And that was the end of it. So, we're here to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And in John 17, 4, Jesus said, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given to me. So we're here to glorify God, but we're also here to fulfill his purpose on our life. And this is why the Lord gave me this word, our purpose. We've got to know what's our purpose here on this earth. Because that's why we're here. Even Jesus, the Son of God, had a purpose. Had a purpose. 
Next Saturday, we are going to celebrate his birth. And I always argue with people, I say, he's not born on the 25th of December. You know, I always say that. And I'm always going to say, whatever I speak, I've got to make the point, and he's not born on the 25th of December. However, we are celebrating. <laughs> I don't want to go into the whole Christmas thing. But I think God has been amazing, the fact that even he was a pagan uh, celebration, God used it to make sure that people remember Jesus' birth. And that's what it's all about. So regardless, it's on the 25th of December or in April, we remember the 25th of December. Even though people try to change the word from holiday festives now, it's still Christmas, Christ is born. Amen. So, I say, I've done my thing now about Christ, you know, make sure people know that. John 17, 4 says this, I have glorified you on the earth. That's what Jesus said. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. That's a New King James Version. The NLV says this, I honored you on earth. I did the work you gave me to do. And the NLT version says, I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. So you've got work to do. We have work to do. That is our purpose, to have work to do. And it's not just coming in and then enjoying the worship, enjoying the word. We've got work to do. Even Jesus had work to do. He labored for 33 years until they crucified him. But that was his purpose. The whole purpose of Jesus was to come on earth and to die for us. So we could experience eternal life. That was his purpose. That's why they call it the lamb, the sacrificed lamb. That's where he was born. Even interestingly, the kings that came in where Jesus was born, they knew what was his purpose. They brought three type of gift. They brought gold because they knew that he was the king of king and the lord of lord. They brought frankincense because he was the high priest. And they brought myrrh. You know, myrrh is a burial spice. You use it when you actually bury the dead. The Egyptians used the myrrh to bury the dead. So they knew the role, the purpose of Jesus. Those three kings that came in, they knew his purpose. And they brought everything according to his purpose. We've got to remember that Jesus came to die for us. He willingly offered his life. He didn't have to. He's not a sinner. Jesus is not a sinner. Born of the Holy Spirit, he doesn't have sin in him. He lived his life without a sin, without blemish. But then, when he died, he took every sins of the world. It's a choice. I said it to many people. Even Hitler had a choice to repent and give his life to Jesus. He could have ended up in heaven. Despite all the sin that is committed, despite the million of Jews he was responsible. He could, if he would have, at the end of his life, repent from his sin and turn to Jesus, it would be heaven. I'm telling you. And people don't understand. The sacrifice that Jesus done is for everyone. Not some of us. All of us. And this is why you see sometimes people in prison, when they commit crimes, 
and they turn to Jesus, they're completely transformed and renewed. And we just have to look at Jesus on the cross. He has two criminals, one on the left, one on the right. One repented, the other didn't. And what did Jesus say? He told him, you be with me in paradise. Which means that your life is not over until it's over. My dear mother-in-law, we uh, prayed for her for many years. And as she was laying, it was a week, I think it was about a week before she passed away. Two weeks before, thanks, Mark. Two weeks before she passed away, she was on her bed and we are praying for her. And I just failed to ask her this question to her. And I said to her, are you ready to give your life to Jesus? And she looked at us. She couldn't talk. And she nodded. So we prayed for her. And as we prayed for her, she received Jesus. We saw such a smile in our face. It's almost like the glory of God was just, just on an instant. And this is a wonderful woman that struggled for many years with many issues. Life wasn't easy for her. And now, she's enjoying herself in the presence of the living God in heaven because of that decision. That was a purpose. A purpose for her was to raise Mars and the brothers. Look how wonderful this, this lady become, this baby become. A wonderful woman. A fear, and a feared Lord is, is on Mars. Believe me, four, five o'clock in the morning, She's going downstairs and praying and praying, and she loved God. And that's because her mother purpose raised them in a such a way that she was able to actually come out. And sometimes our purpose is just raising our children. I heard the story about Billy Graham, that the mother of Billy Graham, you know, and she didn't know. She raised him in such a way of the Lord. And now look at this guy. Evangelized pretty much how many people know about him. His ministry is countless. But she's going to enjoy the gift in heaven as much as her as son because of her purpose in life. You see, we've got to fulfill his purpose. And as I was praying this morning, I heard the Lord saying, do you know what your purpose is? And I'm going to ask you this question. Do you know what your purpose is, truly? If you don't, you need to begin to ask him. As we're entering 2022, we've going to experience a lot, a lot of changes. And it's very important that we stick to the plan. Paul was very clear. He was very clear. I fixed my eyes on the price. I fixed my eyes on Jesus. You see, one of the things about purpose, and I will finish another time, is that we don't have to create it. We don't have to create a purpose. It's already set and done by, by Jesus. God has already planned this for us. He already planned our lives. All we just need to do is walk in it. You just need to walk in that purpose. He made it. He's created. The Bible says he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Isaiah 46, 9, 10 says this. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning 
and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do my pleasure. Listen, God's word doesn't lie at all. When God said that he worked from the end to the beginning, he means that he's already completing the work. He's already done it. Your word, your life is already being mapped out. The way the blueprint of your life is already done. So for those who feel that I haven't done anything, I'm just going to tell you, you haven't even started yet. Moses was about 40 years old when he ran away. When he ran away from, uh, from problems, he was 40. And he was 80 years old when he began to complete the purpose that was set for him. Abraham was 99 years old when he had his first son. That was his purpose. So it can become many nations can come out of him. It doesn't matter how old you are. Whether you're 2, 5, 10, 50 for some. 51, 52, others. Melanie, you haven't started yet, says the Lord. He tell me to tell you, you haven't even started. You haven't even seen what is God out for you. But what are you doing is part of it. What are you doing is part of it. Everything that we're doing today is related to our purpose. The different road that we're going, different experience that we're going through, the emotions, the ability, the talent, they're all connected for that particular purpose. There's more to come from you, Tola. Much more. Much more. I see you here standing and kind of wondering which way you should go and what you should do. And then I see you seeing a hand stretching out towards you. And as you take this hand, you begin to walk. And as you walk, I see the pathway being gold in front of you. As you keep walking, I see different women coming in around you and following you behind. I believe God is really moving you in that direction. And I know it took a while for you to understand why you're here. But you're going to see in 2022. You're going to begin to meet people that you wouldn't think you wouldn't meet. Young girls going to come to you. Just take them. Even if you feel tired, just receive them. Because there's a plan and a purpose for it. Hmm, Lynette. You're a prophet, you know. You're a prophet. The dreams that you see, the discerning of spirits going to increase in you. Don't be afraid. Because you're going to see things in people that are going to be like, whoa. Don't be afraid. The Lord tell me, when you see them, when he show you, just pray them out. Pray into it. But he's preparing you to be a prophet. To be a prophet. You know, Every time I think about Maid, we've been in for about, Nikki Allen, we've been in for t 10 years now. About 10 years. 10 years we've been in. in and, and at times, it feels like nothing has changed. But a lot of things have changed. A lot, a lot of things have changed. What God has been doing is been building it underneath. It's been building it underneath. 
And next year, we are going to see the fruit of it. I tell you, Nikki and Max, next year, we are going to begin to see the fruit of it. We are beginning to see already, you know, people are beginning to, to come. But what God is bringing now is bringing a new generation of people that will be willing to be discipled and not only be discipled. This is going to be like a launch pad for people doing different things. Before I want to finish, the Lord has really specifically asked me to pray for those who are self-employed or have a business. Not myself, but I said to pray for those who are self-employed and other business, and also those who are seeking to go into self-employment. If I have permission, I would like us to pray for those people. If it is you, I would like you to come and stand so we can pray for you, if possible. Those who are online, if it is you also, I would like you to raise your hands so we can actually acknowledge you as we pray for you. And if I can ask Pastor Nicholas and Pastor Mecca possibly to come and pray. I just really sensed in my spirit as I was praying and even this week, and I was going to conclude and I completely forgot, but the Lord really specifically telling me to bring those who are in self-employment, those who are seeking to be in self-employment, those who have a business, because God is going to release something upon your business and upon your self-employment as well. But remember this thing, it is not only for you. Yes, you will enjoy the fruit of it, but it's not only for you. It is for the kingdom of God and his relation to your purpose. So if I can ask Pastor Mika and Pastor Nicola to pray for them, if possibly, uh, in that sense.